everyone's fear is like it just not selling and then just having to fold up shop. So I was just curious, if, whatever, if you guys had something beyond that. Well, that's definitely that's definitely up there. Yeah, that's, I think the biggest fear is you get by a bunch of units made and you sell none of them and you waste <laughs> a lot of money. Welcome to the UND Greyhound Guide, the only show of its kind where we give you unparalleled access to the University of Indianapolis Sport Management Program, which is located within the amateur sports capital of the world. Through the voices of students, alumni, and even professors, listeners will gain information that can't be received by visiting a website or even touring a campus. Catch us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on all things sport management. I am your host, Cody McCullough. So a few weeks ago, my 18-year-old cousin told me to look up this game called Honeyball. So I immediately started looking into it and was intrigued by what I saw on their Instagram page. So today we are joined by two members of the Halliday family, Nick and Kevin, who invented this backyard game that is named after their pet dog. So thank you guys for joining me today. Glad yeah. to be here. Thanks for inviting us. Absolutely. I, I want to know from you guys, and you can each have different answers, if you were to challenge two professional athletes to a game of Honeyball, who would you want to face? So, you know, out of a, a lot of the questions, I was thinking about this one a lot. I wasn't <laughs> sure. But I, I narrowed it down to two people. One, Christian Pulisic, the American soccer player for Chelsea, because I grew up playing soccer and he did what I couldn't do. And, I, and if I could be playing soccer for Chelsea, I would. So if I could play him in Honeyball and beat him, that would be great. And then, <laughs> and then number two is Patrick Mahomes, simply because he seems like a really cool dude, and he also wins a lot. So I, I wouldn't want to give them any warm up. I kind of want to just throw him into it and just try to 11 0 them, just to say that I, I 11 0 Christian Pulisic and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, I also Nick. Uh, <laughs> this is definitely the longest the the, the the question I gave the most thought to, because. I was like, the other ones weren't, I was just like, oh my gosh, like, which, which players am I interested in playing? And the answer just showed itself to me while I was in the shower. And it's Daniel Jones and Eli Manning. And in, it's, it's mainly because go Giants. And win or lose, I'd get to shake them, shake their hands and tell Eli that I love him and tell Daniel that he has the full confidence of the state of New Jersey behind him. Uh, and yeah, so 11 of them would be great. They're they're tall too, so we'd we'd be able to leverage our. We're our the low the low team. Low <laughs> so for the listeners who have never seen Honeyball, can you guys like explain it as best you can with words? Absolutely, we'll we'll both give it a go and see if that helps everyone. So, from a very simple uh, standpoint, we often get compared to sports like spike ball and wall ball because it's too big. Very simple, there is a, almost a portable ball that you put out, and one team, the objective is literally just to throw the ball off the wall, have it hit the ground without the other team catching. Now, there's things about the gameplay that make it way more fun than that sounds, like you can't move when you catch the ball, but you have two passes with your teammates, so you get the classic give and go as you see in every sport, and you can defend, uh, you can defend passes, but you can't defend shots, so that gets people moving a bit more. And then there's things about the actual like structure of the game itself uh, that helps make it fun. Like we have a crease around it for a boundary, so you can't just drop the ball off the wall, have it like down, have it same vein. We have an outer boundary, so you can't just throw it as hard as you want and have it fly out of uh, boundaries. Uh, and then there's also basically the shape of the honey ball is imagine like the old science fair trifold boards. But like leaned at a 45 degree angle. That is exactly how I explained it to someone when I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how we thought of it. Imagine that, and then the wings. The reason they make the game fun is they're slightly angled and they're harder to hit. They're probably about 10 each. And once you get good and learn the angle of the board, you can hit. You can pick out spots on the board. You can pick out different wings and have it fly to the corner that you want. And it makes the game a bit more challenging and. It, it's funny because hitting the actual board is way more challenging than you think because 
the board I'd say is probably about it's like 36 inches high. And in every sport you ever play, you throw to like someone's hands or up top. But in this, you're thrown waist and below. So seeing some of my most athletic friends miss the board for the first few games, it was the, it's incredible to watch. Yeah, there's definitely a learning curve. Uh, and Nick, you, yeah, you basically just explained the whole game. That was awesome. Uh, I would say that finding a, like a, a nice bite-sized way to describe Honeyball has been kind of a challenge for us because uh, we want to do that. We want to have like a single blurb we can say and like put in our Instagram captions or something. And it's just hard to wrap uh, all the things we want to say into into something. Um, I would say, you know, it's very much similar to spike ball and other beach games that you're trying to get a ball to hit the ground. Uh, so it's familiar in a lot of ways, which I think helps. Um, but it, it's also a little bit foreign. Like if you were to see it on the beach, you wouldn't immediately know how to play. Like uh, say with, you know, like cross net, for example, is volleyball. And when you look at it, you're like, oh, it's some type of volleyball. Like you can get in there. There's definitely more of like, you know, what is that? Um, so yeah, trying to get the essence of the game out uh, to as many people in short little verbs is kind of hard. That's why I think it's it's great that we have the videos doing well, because the videos yeah. can explain it better uh, than we ever could. Yeah, and I'd say I mean, if I were to try to give it a short one-liner, I'd say it's the most competitive game of catch you'll ever play, because uh, that's really all it is, a game of catch, <laughs> but yeah. with a lot of extra <laughs> things added into it. Yeah, with uh, with extra steps. Catch with extra steps. Yeah. <laughs> so I know we just talked about this before I like press record. So you guys are not in school anymore. You're both recent graduates, um, and you have other jobs outside of Honeyball. So how do you guys handle the time commitment between you know the website and the social media pages, but then also your full time jobs? It's definitely not the easiest thing in the world, and I get tired, and I like to do things other than my normal job in Honeyball, so I have to make sure I space out my time correctly. The best tactic we use is simply by splitting up the roles between uh, what the team is, me, the youngest brother, Nick, Kevin, the middle brother, Zach, the oldest brother, and our dad, Jim. So we, luckily, each of us has kind of a niche, like... I was a marketing major and, and now I'm in sales. Evan was a, is a programmer, uh, so he knows everything tech for us and is also very creative with writing. And then Zach's a big finance organized guy and our dad's a jack of all trades. So just really honing in on what we need to do for Honeyball and making sure we're not spread too thin is what's probably helped me at least the most. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, defining our roles. I think I, we didn't even have to, you know, explicitly define them. We kind of just started doing things that uh, we were more comfortable with. But after a while, you, you know, certain tasks you have to just divvy up, divvy up. But I agree with Nick. It is, it can be very, uh, it can be very frustrating. Like um, if you have plans on a weekend with people, uh, but you know, you didn't get time to do Honeyball stuff, and you need to do Honeyball stuff, then you just have to say no, uh, or you know, <laughs> which is. It, it's it's not like that's a startup life, I guess. Um, so it's, I guess, what you signed up for. Um, but I don't think we actually, I for me, I don't think I actually realized how much of a bummer that would be, particularly uh, when summer hit and COVID started, you know, opening up, or not COVID, but things started opening up. Because during COVID, it was easy, you know, you're we were hunkered down. Um, I had my day job, which luckily isn't, you know, too stressful. I'm not doing like 14 hour days there. It's just, you know, uh, normal eight hours. And then afterwards I get my honeyball work done. Um, but yeah, then when you have other things coming in, like friends, birthday parties or, you know, trips to wherever, uh, and you have to start making, I guess, more mature decisions. Uh, that's, that's when, uh, you know, it just gets, it can be a bit frustrating. Uh, but yeah, I, Nick mentioned this. I, uh, I went to Tufts. Well, you didn't mention I went to Tufts, but uh, I did go to Tufts. I studied computer science. I was on the soccer team there, and now I'm a programmer. So luckily, I think a lot of the uh, being comfortable with tech does help. Though I will say that um, I I don't actually use any of my uh, web development skills to make our website, uh, and that's something I think we'll get into this later. Yeah, it's um, perfect tie-in. <laughs> Uh, is that oh, is that the next question? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I guess I'll say that now. Um, 
I think we all kind of assumed that I would be taking the website part. Um, <laughs> and we, so I did. Uh, and part of me wanted to be like, oh yeah, you know, let me just go make the website myself. But uh, for, as, for all the programmers out there, they'll know that that's just, you know, it takes a lot of work and a lot of maintenance. And when things go wrong, uh, it's things you have to fix. So it's a lot easier um, when you don't need to make your own website to leverage something like Shopify uh, to make it and host it for you because they handle it being up and running all the time and their design tools are nice, right? And uh, honestly, I don't think if I were to have done this by myself, I would have gotten to the, the design we're at because a lot of the design inspirations are just looking at, you know, the Shopify examples and be like, oh yeah, that looks nice. We'll do something like that. Uh, and it just goes so much faster that way. Um, and it's, it's enjoyable to, when you're making the website to be thinking about, you know, the content and how you want it to look and how you want people to navigate it rather than like, how do I actually make it work? Uh, so yeah, if you don't have to, first of all, you don't have to make your own website, um, or at least code your own website. There's so many tools out there. We chose Shopify. Uh, I do think, I don't think we actually researched different tooling top of mind good much. marketing on there it's top of mind and we just kind of got it going and so now we're in there but i do think there are other options you don't have to use shopify but it's worked for us um and for a while the website was just up there you know no one was seeing it uh and we weren't selling anything and it was just kind of there and then it was exciting to start seeing you know first when we started the kickstarter and then you know eight months or nine months later eh, that might be wrong. Uh, but when we started actually selling, you know, there are different milestones you hit and the website just slowly, slowly starts looking more like something you're like proud to share and send out there. Um, so yeah, sorry, rambling again, but uh, the website part is, was one of the, the easier parts, I think. Um, Making it like, I, I would say the hardest part about the website, which we realized early on, is that you need content. You like need videos and pictures. Otherwise, it just doesn't look good. And I felt this immediately. Like when I started going to make the website, I used like our four pictures that we had. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're, <laughs> we need, uh, <laughs> we are in desperate need of content and like professional looking content. So like getting the product photos, like going and getting that done professionally, I think was one of the best investments we made. Um, and then going out and doing this professional video shoot, which we did in California uh, this past May, that was huge. I mean, it's, it's definitely an investment because these things, you know, people who can do that, money. yeah, they cost money. Um, but once we had those videos, it was like so much easier to think like, okay, you know, this is going to go here. And most of the pictures on our site are just screenshots from those videos. Cause screenshot from there is a lot nicer than anything we're going to take with our iPhone. It's better than anything shot on an iPhone. <laughs> so that's interesting, Kevin, cause I didn't know that your background was in computers. And then the fact that, cause I don't know when people are looking to like do their own website stuff like I know there's like the Shopify site one two three builders like there's a ton of those uh so would you say that like having your background in computers because you said you don't really even do the programming that someone with uh you know a non-computer degree that that's something that they could use for their own project oh yeah absolutely yeah um I would say the having a background in web development does help. Like there are certain concepts that um, might be foreign to someone if you're not familiar with it that you would have to you know read through. But in terms of getting a, a site up there, um, it's you, you don't need a background in programming or web development to do it. Uh, and all these sites have excellent tutorials and videos that you know I, I watched a bunch. So this next question, I'm kind of going to throw something in with it. So it's about your guys' Kickstarter campaign. So you guys had a successful $20,000 uh, goal and you hit it. And I saw that it did come down to the final few days, uh, okay. which is surprising. <laughs> uh, so I'm just curious, what were some strategies, 
strategies that helped you guys ultimately hit your goal because of past shows we've had like QB 54, they didn't hit their goal. Um, and then Chippo golf, like raised almost a quarter of a million dollars on his. So I was just wondering what methods were successful with you guys, whether it was the videos you were talking about and stuff. So I'd say, uh, we had a lot of learnings from our Kickstarter. It's definitely stressful because every sale you get isn't like, or we were doing basically pre-orders, but it wasn't as excited as you wanted it to be because you weren't at your goal yet. So every sale was like, all right, cool, but we need more money. Yeah. Um, we got lucky with the fact that our friends and extended family and everyone were some of our biggest supporters. They, they're the ones that we showed the game to first before ever starting a Kickstarter. They're, they're, all, they're all the ones that were like, you should go out and do this. And then simply posting on our own social media saying, hey, we're doing this. And we would love your support. We got connections like, I think something like my dad's college roommate who hasn't spoken to in 30 years donated. So not only did our close friends and family really help us out uh, and just like help support us because they, they believed in our dream and they wanted to support us, but people who we have connections to, but not we haven't spoken to in a while or like he hadn't spoken to him in a while, they supported as well, which was awesome. But the one thing that we learned from our Kickstarter is one, we needed some more professional videos to sell this thing uh, to people. And two, as we said before, how the games, like when you see it, you don't immediately know what's going on. So in a 15 second ad that we did try running while we were doing a Kickstarter, people see it and they're like, okay, well, what is it though? Like they'll see the video and they still won't know what's going on. So we learned through the Kickstarter that we really need to work on trying to basically make the game seem enjoyable and something that you can learn quickly in, a, in any ad that we do because just having a random clip of it wasn't going to cut it. Yeah, it was, I'll, I'll agree with Nick, it was stressful um, and we definitely learned a lot. I think, so we, our main goal from it was let's do let's get pre-orders like we were essentially looking for a mechanism to get pre-orders to allow you know mainly our friends and family and hopefully some other people to order it so that once we're ready to sell things are already out there at the beach and we can get the word of mouth going um that was the initial thought uh and i think before we launched we had our first viral tiktok which i don't know where it's at nick now nick but i remember that was super exciting because uh we hadn't really shown the game to anyone yet and I think, you know, like our third TikTok or something ended up with like, was it a million views, Nick, or something? It's like 900,000 views now. Yeah. So we were like, wow, okay, like this is cool. I think the Kickstarter um, might work. And I think what was naive of us to think was we were looking at the, the like numbers uh, and the followers we gained. Um, so we had like, you know, 50,000 likes on that video and we gained like, I don't know, 5,000 followers at the time. And we were like, okay, if we have 50 friends and family buy it, we just need to convince 50 of those followers to buy it. Like, we can do that. Uh, we were we were wrong. <laughs> it did not go that easily. Uh, we definitely relied more on the friends and family um, to get us past our goal. Like, without them, we definitely would have hit it. And uh, I, I think for a bit there, I was convinced we weren't going to hit it. And we got a late surge, which was <laughs> which was huge. Um, so I think overall it was a success because we did end up hitting it and we got those sets out, um, earlier than we would have if we had asked our friends and family to just buy them, uh, when the website was running, which really helps because a lot of our sales now have been, you know, people who have either seen the game or played it at a friend's house or something like that. Um, so word of mouth has definitely been working for us, but the Kickstarter, the Kickstarter was stressful enough. I think we were to do it again. You just have to be very realistic about the goals you're setting, especially if you're using it as a mechanism for pre-orders, because we didn't actually need a certain money, val like a certain dollar value to do this thing. We were going to do it regardless. We just wanted to have some way to la let our friends and let other people who are supporting us order it. Uh, and about yeah, halfway through, we realized we made a mistake um, and we, we could have done the same thing with a lower goal. Uh, and the stress levels would have been much lower. <laughs> so can one of you guys give me like a timeline from 
like the time you had the idea for the game to like maybe prototyping it and playing it the first time to the Kickstarter campaign? Sure. So I'll go orange origin story for it. So <laughs> it was it was the summer before my senior year of college. So I must have been I think that was 2019. Uh, and I, I uh, was commuting to my internship and it was like an hour, 45 commute traffic. It's horrible. And I would always listen to like random startup podcasts and then I would run out and I would just think of random ideas, mostly horrible ideas. They're not fun. And then I thought about this game we played growing up. We were lacrosse players. I'm so sure you're familiar with like a lacrosse bounce back yeah. or a baseball bounce back. And we played a game similar to Honeyball on that bounce back. And I thought, why don't, why don't we actually build something? Uh, for that game and actually build it around the game and make it even better. Uh, so I went home, told my my dad, and he, he was excited about it, but I didn't know if anything was going to matter to it. And the next day he woke up and he had, he had given it a little design. So we went <laughs> to the basement and we, we built it the next weekend. So that was the summer of 2019. And we really, that it was that November where we decided to fully commit to creating Honeyball. We hired an outside consultant to help us get manufactured. And then the actual Kickstarter did not happen until it was December 2020, right? Yeah, a year later from that Yeah, point. it was basically a year later. So almost a year and a half from the idea to the Kickstarter and almost two years from the, from the idea to actually selling online. Yeah. Gotcha. So is your dad... Uh... Just because I think when, I don't know, like I was talking to the Ramshot guys when they were on and he was like a handyman. So he made his prototypes out of wood to start. So you said you and your dad like did it. Is that something that your your dad was good with or that you were good with too? It was definitely, definitely my dad. I, I mean, I, I tried to. I'm pretty sure I won the uh, Industrial Arts and Woodshop Award in like sixth grade. I wasn't <laughs> actually good at it. I, I didn't know what I was doing, so I was just down there, and I was just handing him, handing him the hammers and the saws, and he's the one who really built it. He's constantly looking for opportunities to uh, flex his handymanness. <laughs> yeah, and, and if he's not doing a task, then he's creating tasks for us to do, like out in the yard. So it's good to it's good to get him stuck on something for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so when starting this business. Um, was there something that you guys thought was like the biggest barrier and how did you, or maybe how do you plan to overcome it? Cause I know there's a lot to consider before starting any venture, like production, you mentioned marketing, manufacturing, all of that it was like your biggest concern before really going headfirst into it. So I wouldn't, I'll answer this by saying this is a very specific to Honeyball uh, difficulty that we had early on. And I didn't realize how difficult it was going to be. And then after looking back, I was like, oh, that was very annoying. But it was literally figuring out the material to build it out of. So the first prototype was out of wood. And it was, it gave us all splinters. It was so heavy. It was horrible to carry. It was massive. And we thought, all right, we're not going to build it out of wood. But this was just a great way to find something sturdy enough to have like a good bounce and everything. So then we probably spent six months to a year trying to figure out what to build this out of. We were looking at different plastics. We were looking at PVC pipes. We were looking at this thing called blown molding and roto molding. We had a full design built with a PVC sheet and metal like tubes to give it structure. And we went every which way to end back at wood, <laughs> which was so frustrating. Yeah. In a way, it's nice because like now we can't doubt ourselves about what it's made of. We tried everything. We looked into everything. And it turns out we were right in the beginning. But we just wasted like whatever. It was eight to nine months trying to figure out what to build it out of when we had it right in the first place. Yeah, I think the uh, – um, I, I agree with Nick. Um, it's not just the material, but just the production part was – it seemed like such a huge barrier uh, that, you know, was going to be the hardest to overcome. Um, it was easy to see, you know, making a website and selling something through it, but getting the production chain of things being made, things being sent to fulfillment centers and actually being able to send things to people when they order it. 
I just had no idea how any of that stuff worked. Uh, so that was easily the biggest knowledge gap in the beginning, um, and therefore probably the biggest confidence gap. Um, and uh, you know, it took us a long enough, right? Uh, even after we got to the decision to make it out of wood, there was still so many steps that had to go into working with our manufacturer, who's based in Milwaukee, uh, to figure out what type of wood. Yeah, like what type of wood? What's the finish going to be? How are we going to actually print the label on there? There's so many like little mini hiccups that come along the way, uh, and each one as they pile up, you're like, are we going to actually make it to a point where we can sell this thing? Um, and I mean, luckily we did. I think. I think at the end of the day, it's just about treating each individual hiccup as a fun problem to solve, even if it's not that fun, you know, just treat it as a challenge rather than looking at the thing as a whole. Because when you really look at it from a macro level, you're like, wow, this is a lot of work uh, and it might, you know, frighten you. Um, so just <laughs> turning off that part of the brain and just thinking about the small problem that you have to do like that day or that week kind of helps. So I don't know either of your parents' backgrounds. Was something like that? Was that any of their jobs previously or no? So uh, our father, Jim, um, was he, he was a mechanical engineer in college. Uh, and he, he worked at an engineering plant for uh, a couple of years, but then kind of quickly changed into marketing. Um, so he... I think he's, uh, he's, he's always looking for ways to get back into it. And I know from talking with him that he's missed the idea of building something, which I think is why he was so into this. Um, and I think without him being so into this, this wouldn't have happened. Uh, one, because, uh, you know, he was the one who built the prototype initially. And uh, I think this was easily something that if he hadn't done that, it could have just been something that went through Nick's head and... Uh, I've got a when lot of those things. I've had so either. many ideas, and I swear if we executed some of them, I, I, I'd be rich yeah. right now, but I'm not. So. <laughs> yeah. And then having him being able to interface with the, uh, the manufacturers is definitely helpful. And I think we, Nick and I and Zach, could have managed it on our own, but having someone that knows the language a bit definitely helps. If we were doing it on our own, it would have taken four years instead of two to get this <laughs> thing out. So I'm glad he was there. So this question might sound weird just based off what you guys said, because you talked about how uh, the knowledge gap was there whenever coming to like manufacturing and stuff. So do you think now if you were to do something else like outside of Honeyball, I don't even know, like let's just say it wasn't a yard game, something else. Do you think that now knowing what you guys know, it would be a lot easier than that? Or would it? do you think it would be just as difficult if it was like dealing with other materials and stuff? I, I think, you know, it, it, we would know the steps better now, yeah. but I think every project, just based on this, is going to have such unique problems to solve that it's going to be just as hard uh, to accomplish. So, yes, we might know what, what steps to take, but actually solving the problems each time they come up is still going to be just as difficult as it was for us at Honeyball. Yeah, I would say... Nick, I agree. In terms of like building the product, yeah, because like the product itself is going to have its own initial, you know, things. But the particularly the fulfillment part, I feel so much more comfortable with now. Um, like setting up, we use fulfillment uh, with Amazon, um, and initially I was like, I don't, I had no idea how it was going to even work. Um, but now I think that part of the, uh, you know, the entire product delivery stuff, you know, aside from making the thing, the actual getting it to people, that I'm much more confident with. Um, and I think that can go for anything. Um, and that's one of the things I'm super happy about in terms of the experience we've gotten already. Uh, like if this were to stop now, I would still be thankful for it. One, because it's been fun doing it with my brothers. But two, I think we've learned a bunch of things, each of us in our own ways. Uh, and that's one of the big ones. Um, just kind of demystifying that whole part of how things work. Um, and I think it's one of those things that you don't realize uh, how complex it is until you actually have to go do it. And then there's all this language that you don't understand. Uh, and you have to read through a bunch of uh, weird documentation. 
Um, so yeah, I think there are definitely things like building uh, products that's going to have you know its own unique needs, but uh, knowing where to look, um, knowing like what types of things uh, to ask for from you know manufacturers, and then the fulfillment stuff, I think we're definitely more comfortable with. So one of the first when we were talking about the Kickstarter campaign and like videos you guys did, this question kind of goes with that. Um, I'm curious what platform have you guys had like the most success in terms of whether it just be getting views or clicks and stuff like that. And like I noticed you guys mentioned TikTok, like I looked at your TikTok account and there were several videos that had topped like a million views. Um, and I just know like from reading business stuff, like there's a debates between like Facebook ads or Instagram ads and so forth. So I was just curious maybe where you guys have had your most success. So, yeah. So in terms of just social media and our exposure, TikTok has definitely been the best. We now have a video with like 1.4 million views. I will say though, it's funny because the people in TikTok comment sections are very angry people. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get, we'll post we'll get knockoff spike ball, we'll get this is just wah wah, we'll get this is just knockoff tooth ball, which is a, I think it's a Swedish game. I'm sitting there thinking, well, we can't be all three of these. Like, you're, gonna, <laughs> you're gonna make fun of us, you gotta make one. <laughs> or else we're just the perfect combination of all three, which is even better. So in terms of exposure, it's definitely TikTok. Uh, we, do, we do fairly well on Instagram, but that's uh, it's not as big, doesn't have as many followers. Um, but Going to like Instagram and Facebook ads, this is probably our newest, biggest challenge for Huntball. Because when people see in person, when people play, we've, I don't, we've never had someone say they didn't enjoy it. Maybe they said it behind our back, but they've never said it to our face that they didn't enjoy Huntball. But it's, as I mentioned earlier, it's hard to sell someone on this game on a 10 second clip that you see in your Instagram story. And we're currently trying to figure that out maybe Instagram ads aren't worth it for us at all. Maybe we have to dive into purely experiential and go like do tournaments, but it's something that we need to apparently figure out. We're not sure the best tactics for us right now on Facebook and Instagram ads. Yeah, I think Nick hit everything. I would say that uh, the TikTok part has definitely been huge just for exposure. And yeah, you know, the comments, negative comments suck, but I just don't read them anymore. <laughs> Um, and I think it is helpful when you have that exposure, like in terms of just numbers, just like the amount of views and the amount of likes or whatever, uh, it helps. Cause then when, if you by chance, see it on the beach somewhere, you'll be like somewhere in your brain, it'll be like, Oh, I know that game. Um, and we've heard about that happening with people, like some of our friends were out playing and they had, you know, some people come up and be like, Hey, can we try out your Honeyball set? And they were like, yeah, do you know this game? And they were like, yeah. And which is like really cool to us. I don't think we actually uh, have a good grasp on like the amount of exposure we've actually got. Cause you see those numbers, but you don't actually think about that they're real people who might actually be walking on the beach. Uh, <laughs> so um, definitely really helpful, but I agree with Nick. We're, we're trying to figure out what the best way to, um, that isn't just having people play it to expose, get people exposed to it. Cause yeah, I think when people look at it, they're like, this looks cool. But especially with our price point, it's hard to get people to commit um, to buying it after just watching it and not not actually playing it. Do you think that part of like trying to help you guys in that regard? Cause I didn't see it until I think it was your Instagram account. You guys just posted the other day about the ambassador program. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of something you guys are hoping will help you? And could you maybe say what it is real quick? I was looking at it before you guys joined. Cause I don't think I clicked that tab before. Yeah. That's a very, very new uh, project for us. Okay. Uh, basically our hope is to get uh, basically sets and boards in the hands of people, college aides, maybe postgrad, Brad, maybe slightly before college, get boards in the hands of people uh, and all around the country just to get more exposure. And we're offering basically, uh, there's different things we're offering. It's like you get a free hat and shirt, you're going to get a big discount on a board, you're going to get a free bag. 
we're going to give each of the uh, each of the ambassadors their own discount code where every sale through that code they also get a little cash plus we're we'll run uh, basically the way it's supposed to be built out it's not set in stone so I'm not going to get exact details there will be both a, like a sales competition for about three months and a social media and basically whoever whichever top three sales uh, ambassadors in terms of sales they'll get the cash prize at the end of three months and the same with social media whoever like has the most views slash most likes slash just most engagement at the end of three months will also get a cash prize so we, we thought it'd be a good way just to get the board out there but also incentivize people to like we needed to incentivize people to want to help us out uh so we're hoping we're hoping it works out and we just posted for the first time and we've we've had about like i think 10 to 12 applicants which was great <laughs> that was a good start uh so we were excited about it yeah i think it was definitely a reaction to uh realizing that it sells better when people are playing it um so we were like just thinking like what's the best way one like at the end of summer when people aren't at beaches anymore like how are we going to deal with that uh and two how do we actually get people like playing it and therefore liking it and you know, all that stuff uh, and i think an ambassador program was just a familiar step because we see it on so many other products um so i think people were going to be familiar with the idea and they you know we, we even got a bunch of requests before we do, did it. Like, you know, do you have ambassador programs? Uh, when is that going to be a thing? All that stuff. So it kind of felt like a natural step. Uh, I'm feeling confident about it. Uh, I think it'll be cool. And I also think it's just a cool chance to let some of our earlier uh, followers uh, slash supporters who, like, we love. Like, it's there's nothing better than when we get, you know, a message on Instagram or whatever that's like, I've been with you guys since the Kickstarter. I love this. Like those types of things just make your day. Um, so I think it's going to be fun to like actually build a relationship outside of social media messaging with people like that who've been, you know, earlier supporters. So I just want to say before I even get to this next question, I didn't realize how dark it was when I was typing it, but now I'm looking at it. If you guys don't like, so the question is like, what are your biggest fears as an entrepreneur in the early stages or maybe it's like a fear you overcame um, yeah. if you don't have any we can just keep going but um no, i think it's a good question i guess i was just thinking like everyone's fear is like it just not selling and then just having to fold up shop so i was just curious if whatever if you guys had something beyond that well that's definitely that's definitely up there yeah, that's, <laughs> so the that's... biggest fear is you get 500 units made and you sell none of them and you waste <laughs> a lot of money yeah. One of the biggest fears, but I'm sure Kevin agreed with this. The other just biggest fear is purely putting something out there that you made, and if people rejected it, there's nothing we could do about it. Like, and it hurts you. But fortunately, we haven't had a huge rejection, so it's felt good. But we literally had a fear that we were going to build this and people just wouldn't like it, and it would just be like, all right, well, I guess we just have bad taste in games. <laughs> and then that would have hurt because we, we pride ourselves on the different games. Kevin specifically, we would always create random games when we would go to the beach. So we thought we were good at beach games and such. Uh, so we thought this would be a hit. And if it wasn't a hit or if it didn't sell at all, it definitely wouldn't have felt good for specifically just the ego. Yeah. And luckily, I think we're, we're past that fear. I think we've confirmed... It is fun and people like it, but that was in the beginning for sure. Uh, another thing you'll feel in the beginning, at least I felt this, especially when I was making the website, um, like at some point for a while, like there was about a year where it wasn't a real thing yet. Like the website wasn't published and there were no commitments made to anyone yet. But once we started the Kickstarter and had our website out there, there's just these artifacts of your work, you know, your best work, uh, all the things you're trying to do just out there. And if it didn't hit, they'll still be out there. And you'll just be like, oh man, <laughs> that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, luckily so far, we've been uh, slowly conquering fears as, uh, as we go along the way. Um, but yeah, I think there's, you're right. The biggest, the biggest one is just, it's, it's not gonna work. Um, other than that, I think there's just, you know, like the little mini things you'll get like during the week, like uh, 
you made it when I make a change to the website, I'm like, oh, I hope this doesn't, you know, break things. Uh, and it, I have broken things a couple of times. I've like messed with our shipping policy and people couldn't order it. And I'm like, well, that's my bad. Um, so you'll have like the mini ones, but yeah, the overarching one in the back of your head is that uh, it's not going to work. Though I think, and Nick, I hope you agree. I think we're past that. I know as a family, we set an initial goal of, uh, we want to sell the set to someone we don't know. And that was an early on goal. Um, cause part of this was just, we wanted to do something like a project, uh, together. We thought it would be fun. Uh, and we weren't necessarily in it from the beginning to be a huge hit. Although now I think after seeing, you know, some early success, that's definitely in the back of our minds. Um, but we already hit that goal. So in a lot of ways, I'm already feeling pleased about what we've done. Obviously, you know, you want to keep going, um, but I'm not going to feel bad about this whole thing if, uh, you know, next week it, it all stops. I think it's been really cool, um, especially, you know, it's, it's, it's different working with your family uh, rather than just being hanging out with your family. We we've all actually, work voices. It's weird. We do. I've never, I've never heard my brother's and my dad's work voice. Well, I've heard my dad's work voice, but specifically, <laughs> good work voice. Yeah, we all have work voices, and it's ridiculous. So whenever we're talking to people that we just met, it's like, oh, there's yeah. the work voice again. And we had to set rules. Like when we went on, we went to the Outer Banks for a week this summer, and uh, we had to set a rule that there was going to be no honeyball talk, because otherwise, <laughs> otherwise it's just all we do. And my mom doesn't love that, so we have to give ourselves some boundaries. That is interesting, just what you guys are saying about, like, you know, the website being up there and all that, just because, like, if it didn't catch on, you just have that, because nothing dies on the internet. You, like, yeah. have that constant reminder, so. <laughs> all right, well, I actually don't regret putting that question in there then. That was good. <laughs> uh, before I get to that, uh, yeah, the question about the rescue animals, I wanted to ask, so... I don't know if it was an email or Nick posted to you on Instagram. I like sent out, I've tried it a couple times to just try to see if students want to ask a question and no one ever has. Um, but this time, <laughs> this time someone actually did. So nice. they. Hello, my name is Deacon and I was wondering if Honeyball had any plans to create custom boards in the future because I was hoping to get a pacer set. Thank you. There were certain types of material, like certain plastics, where that if we ended up making them, it could have been so, so much more customizable. And it's something that we would like to do. We would like to have branded honeyball sets with different schools. Unfortunately, right now, it's not something we are capable of, but it's absolutely a goal of ours because it would be awesome to see like honeyball with basically any school under it, just like showing that the fact that we're partnered with the school would be sweet. So it's, it was always an idea, something we were hoping to accomplish we haven't accomplished it yet but something that I, we'll definitely do eventually i think yeah for sure i mean we got a nice little like the the center board that's a that's a nice little canvas for a uh for some other logos not just ours yeah i think it would be super cool um and i, I don't know uh, there's been a lot of like things we've wanted to do that were just uh i guess in the earlier stages of doing something like this you you can't do everything you want to do you have to pick and choose a bit um like you know shipping to canada would be an example like we want to get there but we're we're not there yet like there's we have to get a certain amount of traction to be able to do the next bigger things um and i think customization would be so cool uh so hopefully one day yeah i just thought it was i didn't realize like how big the market was for stuff like that and then uh qb54 the guy was on and like i'm a big ohio state football fan and he was telling me that whatever we were recording he's like we just secured the licensing for ohio state uh qb54 sets uh and, and then i've he's talked about like with uh beer companies and stuff they've made stuff so that's something that i wasn't aware of was like such a big uh dollar price attached to it mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, I think we had, uh, I forget who, Nick, I might be wrong, but someone reached out saying they wanted to build like an acrylic version of Honeyball. And I don't know what the bounce is going to be like, but having a, 
having a transparent honey ball with like some LED light would also be pretty sweet. A glow in the dark, an outline of it. <laughs> I saw it mentioned on your website that a portion of the sales goes to uh, rescue animals because I believe your dog Honey is a rescue animal. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was just wondering if you could tell me more about that and like how that decision was made because I'm sure as younger guys starting a business like you know the first thing that would go through someone's mind wouldn't be like oh let's donate this money. Well as you said uh, the game's called Honey Ball and it's named after our dog Honey and Honey was a rescue so we're like well and he gave us the name for the game. Might as well like try to give something uh, back to dogs in general. And we we like dogs. We've had dogs our entire lives. Uh, and also, it's, we're not necessarily doing this to make money. We're doing this just to do something fun as a family and help people out and to help other people have fun as well as a family. We think we have a ton of fun playing game. We think we get it out there. More people can have fun. And why not do a little good while we do it if it does make money? So. Wasn't even really a question for us. It was just like, what what nice thing will we do? Not like where will it go? Can I yeah. ask and what were? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kevin. I I was gonna say it, that's that's basically it. Uh, and I think we put it on our. Um, we were thinking initially like, uh, in, if in case you're looking for more details, like how we're like the actual numbers yet. But I think you know, uh, we don't know like how much we're gonna give but we yeah. wanted to put it on our website just to lock ourselves in like yeah we're gonna give that's why we're doing it so we can't skimp out later on uh which i'm i'm happy we're doing uh i think it'll be i think it'll be cool so the game is obviously named after your dog do you either of you remember any other names that you had like marked up but you decided not to go with oh, so, so many random ones like four <laughs> ball and ball bounce and very and ball which we're from cranberry so we got very ball so many horrible names and yeah and then we we built it and the reason we thought of honey ball is because have you heard of the game pickleball yeah that's big so here, pickleball actually. is named after their dog and i just oh. told my dad that story like a week earlier and then me and him were out doing the first uh just like playing with the board, the prototype we built in our basement. And I have it on recording, and our dog walks in front, and he goes, Honeyball. Like, yeah, Honeyball sounds pretty good. Because <laughs> we couldn't think of a name. It was, yeah. it was, it was tough. So that's kind of how we thought of it. I actually just got back from playing pickleball. It's a great game. I got, I got whooped. Me and, me and my roommate got whooped by some fellows who were pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, it's super fun. Um, and I think... I don't remember any of the names I was pushing for. I think I did push back on Honeyball initially, though. Um, and I did. And now I love it. Uh, I think things just grow on you. And I think particularly the H turned out like the H played well with the board and our logo. And, and our that, last name. And our last name. It all kind of fit together, um, which was nice. So now... Now I love it, uh, but yeah, the naming part was interesting, and I think we were calling it Honeyball temporarily for, for like yeah, a bit. We had no idea. We had no idea it would stick. Yeah, and, then it and it just kind of stuck. <laughs> then we got a good logo, and we we're like, oh, well, I guess that worked. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I did not know that about pickleball. I guess I don't. I don't know why I never like looked it up. Well, but I guess you can quote me on it. I can't say don't quote me on it, uh, but I'm like I'm like 95% sure that's true. Uh, and if it's not, then I'm sorry. But that's why we have our name. Yeah. You're just creating origin stories for other games. I like it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like all the, you know, intense questions I had. I before I let you guys go, I was just wondering if you could give the uh your instagram handles or your social media handles and then like the website so that people can continue to follow you guys and make their own purchases if they want mm -hmm. so all of our socials right now well basically instagram tiktok are honeyball.official on facebook we're just honeyball though we no one's taken the name honeyball yet which was good yeah uh, <laughs> and then we, yeah, we, we a discussion on our website honeyball.com and on amazon uh 
doesn't really make a difference which one you buy from. But if you go to our website, uh, you get to sign up for our email list and get 10% off. 10%, so that, yeah. That's pretty good. I don't know. I have people might like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remember for the, the handles, um, when we decided on the name, we were like looking up the handles and we had a, a bit of a crisis because Honeyball was taken by just random people. And I didn't know why. But like multiple like honey balls with different numbers and all that. So oh, yeah, we were we were thinking honey ball sport, honey ball, uh, okay. honey ball game, <laughs> and we ended up at honeyball.official. We're looking for that blue check soon. I think it's all right. <laughs> I will say that. Um, so like we had Crossland on a few months ago, and then they're on like ESPN Ocho lately, and just different stuff like that and after seeing your guys's you have some uh videos that i saw where it's shot like aerially with the drone mm -hmm. or something your guys's game is like so like cross net because you know it has like four different spots to score from obviously your guys's game is like pretty ideal for like a viewing on television so i don't know if that's anything you guys aspire for but it does look pretty cool whenever i was just watching your short clips listen if espn if you're listening uh, <laughs> we would like That's, to be on ESPN. It would be great. We're not going to turn it down. Yeah. It depends, it depends what they offer us, though. You know, I don't know. But we'll, we'll see. We can work something that, out. Yeah. I'll give our chances. I'm giving us I'm giving us good chances because uh, one thing I like about Honeyball, even though, like, Nick and I made it, we played a bunch, uh, I'm still, like, getting better like, I'm still working out the kinks. Uh, and I think there are certain games that you play. Like, I was just, I just had a week uh, in Maine, and I was I was ripping cornhole, like, every night. And I love cornhole. But it is, like, very much, you just get better at the, like, technical part, you know? Um, I like that in Honeyball you can get better at, like, the strategy. Because uh, I think that just adds some cool levels to it. Um, and we've got that feedback, too, from some people who have played. Like, after they play, like, you know, five or six times, they're like, oh, I think I'm starting to get, you know, why, why, why it's fun or like why you guys shoot from the corners all the time and stuff like that. And everybody's first game is tragic. It's oh, hilarious. they're horrible. Yeah, they're horrible. You try to put in a newbie with three people that know what they're doing, but when you have one person who knows what they're doing and three newbies, it is much slower <laughs> than something with four people have actually played. Yeah, and they always miss the first, they always miss the first shot. I've yet to see someone nail their first shot. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time. Um, and like, yeah, I didn't really know a lot about it. Just researching your guys' page and stuff. So it was cool hearing firsthand from you guys. And I wish you guys the best of luck and with your brother and your dad. Does your mom ever feel left out? Never. Never. We, no. we, we make sure she's involved. Uh, <laughs> because, because we love her. Love you, mom. Yeah. No, mom, mom keeps our head on straight. Uh, and I actually love when mom advocates for less honeyball talk because I think that's necessary. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you guys. And I will edit this. Um, it's mainly on, we're on like all the whatever platforms, but mainly like Spotify and Apple podcasts. So I will send you guys the link when I'm done editing it and it's uploaded and uh, I'll tag your guys' pages too whenever we post it. So Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much, guys. This was fun. Yeah. Thanks. Have a good night, guys. You hey, too. too. See ya.